Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. again, eh? Now then. Welcome to another week of music here at RGMHQ. Where do we find you today then? Driving about in your car, are you? In the gym? Up to no good? Wherever you are, welcome to another week here at the RGM Podcast. Hope you're having a great week so far. Hope it's all kicked off nicely for you. We're deep in the new year now, so all that happy new year bollocks has ended. Just about doing what we do now, isn't it? Just getting on with his lives. And today's episode is another belter, if I don't mind saying so for myself. Just the other day, I spent a nice little hour with my boy, John McClaw, Sheffield Geezer. And today's episode is nothing short than just entertainment. You can always rely on John for some great stories and chat. Good, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. Yeah, I've been trying to like think about my own and reflect on my own interviewing technique. Because uh, last week's episode with the Virgin Marys, I were, I, I were really pleased with how I negotiated my way through that interview. Now, we're proud of himself. Yeah, I can say that, can't I? Yeah, it, it, it kind of all just clicked and felt natural and nice. I was really pleased with it. Really pleased with it. Um, but I, 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 I have looked back on a few like older episodes just to see how I do and that, you know, just check on yourself. And there's, there is a few things that I'm working on. And after reflecting on recording this interview, there's a few areas that I still need to get better at. For example, I'm trying to frame questions a bit more economically and I feel like I'm babbling on a little bit. I I start a question and and just go on a little bit too long when I just need to shut up. I just need to be a bit more economic with how I frame certain questions and set them up or, you know, look for an answer. So it's always, I'm, I'm always, you know, giving feedback to myself. That's feedback's a gift even if it is from yourself innit? I just want to get better at it and you know I've been doing it a long time and I feel like I'm doing alright you know? I feel I can do better um, and I'm rambling a little bit I'm, I am rambling a little bit I'm, I'm muffling up my points by just saying by not not shutting up a little bit too quick I'm doing it now <laughs> I shouldn't have said that last bit I don't know if it, sometimes a lack of confidence in, probably in the question that I'm going to ask and, or how the conversation is going. I'm not quite sure if it's going to fit, if the next question is going to fit the vibe of where we are within the conversation. It's a complicated thing talking, isn't it? You know, particularly when you're trying to guide and make an entertaining podcast. But that's just me, just overthinking things a little bit. Maybe, maybe. But a-ho. It's a cracking conversation. We talk about that camel. We talk about camels. <laughs> Going over to Africa, getting nicked in Africa, getting arrested in Africa, nightmare. The new album, of course, and his new tour. Um, always entertaining. And should we go for it? Yeah, we will do in a bit. So, yeah, just to keep you up to date on what's going on at RGM this week, too. Yeah, this week feels like it's a bit more back to normal. There's a lot more going on. We've had three or four posts this week. We'll, we like to try and get uh, five things out a day. We're, back, we're up to about three or four, so we're getting there. The live reviews have started again. We've just just reviewed Wallows in Manchester. Loads of uh, interviews. Uh, the submissions are starting to come in nicely now as well, so that's nice. Um, so, yeah, from next week, we should be pretty much back to full speed, getting all the content out and... Um, cracking on supporting this grassroots music industry that we love. And we talk about that as well on the interview too. So, RGM experiences. That's you. <laughs> Don't know why I said that. You get a bit excited sometimes. 
But it is what it is. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to crack on. Ladies and gentlemen, John McClure. Do yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us as well. It's it's very much appreciated. I know you've you've got a lot on. Yeah, you've got... uh, yeah, you know, long time, long time listener. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks, mate. Happy, happy, happy to be back, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I, I wanted to remind you and say a thank you because you, you took your time out about four years ago when I just started this RGM thing properly. You were one of the, like one of the big guests that I got on my car driving about in my electric car years ago. And that from from that that opened up a rate loader opportunity to get other guests in. So you know, I, I always appreciate oh, I, always, I always appreciate your time, mate. And I just wanted to remind you of that. I, you know, just a big thank you because it, oh, it has helped you. you on the way. Well, you, you you've always you've always been good with me, mate. I think it's uh, I don't know if it's a Sheffield thing, Northern thing, whatever yeah. it is. But like you know, if you know somebody's well intentioned and they're all right, you tend to yeah you tend to do it, don't you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, so um, I know you're busy. I uh, appreciate you're busy. You've got a big tour on the mm-hmm. way as well, which I've I noticed on your socials that a few more places have sold out as well recently, so that's going well. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, I mean, there's been a real kind of peak to a bit of interest in band because of that heat wave being such a radio hit last year. It yeah. sort of everybody got into it and it were a, a bit of a zone like, so feel very, yeah. very lucky and blessed to be to be like, you know, selling out all these places. I'm hoping rest are gonna gonna do us proud. We've got two Sheffields on this time, both yeah. sold out, which is first time ever really that we've on a proper tour like. Yeah. So it's gone from strength to strength really and, and this is before anybody's heard album. They've heard one yeah. one and a half tunes. You know, no no really. Um so there's another single coming out and then obviously album in April, uh, April twenty eighth album's out. So yeah, it's just it seems to be going from strength to strength for me. I feel very lucky because yeah. You know, as you as you get older, like you you think to yourself, "Well, this won't last forever," but it, it's doing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Morgan Freeman, it's Shawshank, aren't it? Like <laughs> well, you know I, I mean? we're definitely going to come to the album in a bit more detail later on because I'm fascinated to know more about mm-hmm. this camel. I didn't I didn't see that one no. coming, so I'm going to ask you about the camel later on, mate. If that's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I'm, I mean, I'm big into camel game now. I did not see that one coming, and I found it. I found it brilliant when you put the new album cover out. It, uh, that is going to be the album cover, isn't it? You're not just taking piss. It is. Yeah, it's me, <laughs> me and a camel on John Street. Yeah, um, that's yeah I love that. And 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 I mean, they were day Queen died, so literally right, a bloke okay. comes to me, and I'm holding a camel in the middle of John Street. <laughs> somewhere. Queen's died, and I thought, I mean, this is definitely what she'd want, isn't it? You know what I mean? This is hard. This is really fitting. Uh, I'll be holding camel in the middle of the road. So yeah. Bit of a mad one, but and he, you know what? He was lovely. Called what him uh, Coco. Uh, and it, he's a celebrity camel, right? He's on. Right. Somebody ran me up the week and put Channel Four, and he's on your mate. <laughs> put it on. Some sort of like Middle Eastern drama, and he's there. Oh right, just like. But he's, he's like a rent. He's like your rent a camel. He's a good camel. You know, camels can be mar- the Mardi camels. Aren't they? Yeah, okay. they're spitty, aren't they? The Mardians, <laughs> like Rudy Vola. Remember him, Rudy Vola. <laughs> bit spitty. And uh, remember that when he spat him right all day. Um, so, yeah, he can be moody camels, but this guy, oh, my God, he's a dream. dream. And I'm like, you hold him like this. Like, I'm whispering like, you know, I hate you. You know, I hate you. Well, like I know you, he's like, you're, quite, you're quite tall, aren't you, you, you and all? So, like, mm. tam- camels are quite tall animals. So, okay, and, and, John Street, just, and John Street, for people that don't know, is the street that Sheffield United's on. And you being a big Wednesday fan in Sheffield, did you get any funny looks <laughs> from like the... Oh, they'll the load that, yeah. They'll load that. Like, what's he doing down here? Well, has he got a camel? <laughs> it, do you know what? We're funny. Is they, they more bothered that I'm down that in the town yeah. than, than they are that I've got a camel, <laughs> which says a lot about which says a lot about your average Sheffield United fan, it doesn't does, it? Really no, does it? in all seriousness, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, our studio's not a million miles from Bromley, yeah. so that's why I got him there. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I told him though. I says, I says, you see them? The they're not as good as Wednesday. <laughs> were we doing some backing back tracks down there, and then were you down at studio? Can't no, we just like we were kind of sort of com- uh, talking about <laughs> ideas with record label about like, what to do. Yeah, heat wave in the cold north, and obviously Sheffield's the cold north, right? And I'm oh, thinking yeah. we're what I'm. I'm Kind of bad at all that stuff. <laughs> and like one of the guys, Ian Carew, uh, Zim and this girl, Roma, who we've got a record label, they're both really cool. And um, one of them says, you know what you need? You need a camel. Yeah. And I'm like, you are 
and then they showed like mocked an image up and it were like this camel like superimposed over like Attercliffe or somewhere <laughs> or in, in industry background and I was like you know what could be a zone that Laura loved it yeah. um, so that was that sealed deal and the, 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 I said there's got to be an ethical camel I don't want to get animal rights yeah. you know what I mean you don't want all yeah. that do you yeah. You got to be, you got to be ethical about it. Yeah. So this guy's, he's, he's a very ethical camel. You know what I'm saying? But like, who did you, who would you turn to to get a camel these days? Who, who presses the button on that? Where, who would you phone? Like, just Google it. Well, this guy is part of old. I forgot what to call him now, but he's part of old who owns camel. Yeah. He's part of all his circus family in Britain, oh, right? You know, like Mister yeah. Kites or something. He's right. that guy. And and since they weren't allowed to use animals, what they started doing is like let's say 80s, yeah. he's having these large animals that they sort of used for movies and this kind of thing. Yeah. But they clearly, they love the animals and the animals love them and they treat them really good. It's yeah. dead interesting how they, he's like, ooh, ooh. There's all these like sort of things you have to shout at them to get them to do certain things like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so like, but oh, we, I'm not just saying this either. No. He took to me and I took to him, Camel. Like we eat it off like yeah. Soul Brothers. So how long did Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm missing him. Well, we've done 10 minutes on the camel. I'm loving this. So how were they like, was it like a big, sad goodbye? Yeah, like felt a bit like, <laughs> don't know, like, oh, like across, across you, Sahara can, on his back, isn't it? Felt just, a bit just, sad to see him go. Just one last little look back when you were on your way to back. Yeah, to that's it. it. Oh, bless her. It weren't mutual though, because he shoved some carrots in like his pen and he went in, oh, he went in like yeah, shit for shovel. Yeah. So he obviously I've didn't feel the same about me. <laughs> I love it, love it. Yeah. Well, just going back a little bit, I know we'll come back to the album and the, the tour and everything, obviously, soon. Uh, but in, in lockdown, I, I noticed on a recent interview that you did that, that, like during lockdown and stuff, that you that you worked harder than ever producing other people's stuff and mm. still mm-hmm. doing music in the background, which I've not seen much about online yet. I presume it's is is, is there still loads of projects that are due to come out with. With, with you and yeah, everything. Yeah, there's loads of bits and bobs. Is there anything you can talk about there, just like, about what you were doing in lockdown and working with other people and stuff? Yeah, there's a thing that run a Dyson advert in, in like, China. I think I think it's going to be on here probably as soon as like, some music for that. Um, could you, I worked and wrote some stuff uh, with this guy called Noah, who um, is a trans artist from South Africa. He's got a really sort of interesting backstory. Yeah. Um, and I helped him and did a bunch of stuff with him. Not just on, not just me, other people. Mm-hmm. Worked with his band, the Ramona Flowers. Did a, did a bunch of stuff for them for their album. Um, did loads of stuff. You know, really busy writing for myself yeah. as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of some commercial stuff. So just I don't know why, but it all just seemed to come together for me in lockdown. Yeah. And, and and I was getting asked to do things for other people, right? Which. Yeah. It's a real compliment. I think as you get older, people know you can do certain things and like you can help them and whatever. And it's been great to, to kind of do a bit of that stuff and all. Because I had people in my life, I used to have the Alan Smyre, of course, oh, yeah. Sheffield legend. He used to sort of yeah. be that guy for me. He used to sort of produce and he'd help me with bits of music and just great, like, you know, good, good guy to have around. And I think sometimes you can, you can pass on a bit of your knowledge and that. And through that, yeah. I met this lad, call him Danny Lafron, big Wednesday art, lives in valleys in Wales. Wow. Uh, we were working on something else and uh, just hit it off with him straight off. We were like, who's this geezer? Like, he's, he's a he's a great crackpot. Just loved him. And ever since then, me and him, we've been inseparable. He come and like, I've got this building in the back garden and he come and like moved into loft yeah. and he was just like, like living there like a bear that like, crawled up into loft at night when we'd finished recording. And he just lived there. So me and him just started writing loads of tunes like for me and for other people, he's he's like he's amazing, Dan. So yeah, lockdown. I, weirdly, I was started. I was worried. I thought, well, how am I going to make my money? But it's yeah. I don't know what I'm like. One of them cockroaches, name. Everything just tits up. I'm <laughs> one of them eight, you know it. what I mean? So crawling all out, rubble and <laughs> it's it's nice to like have a positive story from people in lockdown and stuff. And you know, it's just it's nice that you know creative people. There's still a way because the, the creative industry had to fucking fight, didn't it, to stay alive. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's think, nice to see that you've done well from it. Well, I saw the stats saying some of like eighty percent of music professionals, right, have gone out of game yeah. uh, in COVID, and that there's not maybe like a tiny fraction of that's come back to it. Mm. So it is. It's worrying because because I said something the other day. I said I used to feel like everybody I knew were in a band. But I don't feel like that. They went, yeah, but you're old, aren't you? And I went, there is that. Yeah. But a lot of young kids are saying the same thing. There's not that many people. Not as many people 
doing music, and if they are, yeah. tends to be that more cerebral on a laptop in the bedroom thing. Mm. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, but it's just a different thing. And it's yeah. something you have to get used to because it's a different world to when I come into it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's as a, like, I put gigs on in Manchester now and Sheffield and mm-hmm. the just just the higher fees for venues is ridiculous now post-Covid because they're just trying to claw some money back where mm-hmm. they can, which is fair enough. Yeah, It just means it's more difficult for me to put Sheffield bands on in Manchester and Manchester bands on in Sheffield like I used to because... In the past, it wasn't as much of a financial risk to try and help these bands get out of the city. Because I used to do a lot of swaps, because I'm from Sheffield, yeah. obviously, and I live in Manchester now. So I used to do a lot of shows. Yeah, of but, but now it's a lot more of a risk to not lose money myself. Because, you know, if, if I keep losing money, then I can't keep doing what I do. Um, so it's, yeah. it, that that side, for me, is the hardest part of, uh, and the biggest change post-pandemic for me is, like, trying to be part of this grassroots music scene type thing. It's a nightmare. Yeah, and then you always hear these like frustrating stats, don't you? Like, I think Cameron tried some art a few years about like music industries making more money than ever. And I'm like, yeah, if you're Adele, Coldplay, yeah. Arctic Monkeys, yeah. U2, Ed Sheeran, maybe 1975. Yeah. Like, apart from that, at that level you're talking about, that grassroots level, there's not, there isn't a lot of money. There's nowhere near the amount of money there no. used to be. And, and I think like, You've only to look at places like Grapes and Boardwalk in our city in Sheffield. We've lost them, and the, the, the important places, they're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hacienda in Manchester, most famously. But remember Boardwalk? I mean, it's night and day still going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what I'm saying. It's, you've got to look, you've got to cherish these places and the people that make them places tick because they're important, I think, and we, we should look after it a bit more, eh? Well, it's, it's like the lead mold, you know, God knows what's going to happen there. I haven't heard out in a while, and, and night and day is going through a court case so they can stay open a bit later and have live music on because somebody's complaining that, about the noise because they've fucking moved next to a music venue. It's just... <laughs> it's like putting your head in the oven and saying, why is it hot in it? Or what are you doing, yeah, eh? Yeah. It's just... It, it's just it, it's, and, and again, it still feels like the music industry in particular or just grassroots music and this, you know, this place where we love, it, it's always fighting to stay alive. Even after the pandemic, you know, there's there's always something, mm-hmm. there's always summit you know, making it harder and harder. It's Yeah, and, and, and I, I don't think, as much as the internet's great and online's great and it's been a, yeah. a great thing in lots of ways for music, I think having physical spaces, yeah. there's something about physical spaces where people, are, 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 they have to listen to each other. They have to be in each other's orbit. They can't, you can't mute them or yeah. turn them off. You have to see them. You have to like let what other bands and other artists, other promoters, other managers do have some influence on you. And I think that's, that's, I'm going to put this light on. I've got this. Hello. There we go. Hello. But Laura's bought me this um, podcast sort of setup thing for when I'm talking to people and uh, I've got my own little, you know, my little light. I've got, I've got one of them ring lights. Yeah. So I'm Instagram pretty. There you go. (laughs) There you go. But yeah, listen, going back to, going I I sort of tailed off on a non-second to dinner, but we've just got to start looking after things. And obviously led me in Sheffield's, prime example there's probably a bit of you know there's an argument on both sides at fence with that one but what I do think is venue can't be lost it's really important yeah. got to save it right and and yeah I think we've, I don't know if I like maybe maybe I, I always think like there's, there's that venue trust isn't there I mean that guy from venue trust and he's like a great fella but what you don't want it to be is a lot of old people like I want it to be like it were years ago it has yeah. to be modern and yeah. relevant still you know what I mean and it's a challenge it is yeah I, I it's was a speak- challenge I, but well, good luck I, to you. I was speaking to uh, Jay Taylor from Music Venue Trust um, who used to be the promoter of Night and Day in Manchester and there's it's it's there's more going on behind the scenes than just the Leadmill and the Night and Day there's, there's venues all over the country where the fighting to stay alive you know is it cost of beer and just sort of getting staff and all these all, all these places where historically the creative industry has been underdeveloped and funded by these fuckers that rulers. <laughs> yeah, I think that a lot of a lot of big venues now they sort of corporates, right? They're all they're all linked to each yeah. other, so they, they've obviously got a lot more muscle. Same as festivals, right? You got yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six festivals all owned by the same people, so they can make them big offers. It's hard to. Mm. Same, same being a band man there's, there's, you know what I mean there's people oh they're on that management on that label so they've got a bit yeah. more muscle about things yeah. and you've got to try and find your way in that and it can be it can be challenging for real 
I thought after Brexit had called calm down and stuff, I, I thought the country would be a bit less divided as what it, it still seems to be a little bit. There still seems to be too much of a divide between left and right these days. There's nobody in, like safely in the middle, just like <laughs> having conversations anymore, is there? It's just particularly online and Twitter. No, and I, I know you've had spats on Twitter with people in the past and that kind of stuff. And Twitter's never been a, a nice place to be in an environment to be. But, you know, even away from Twitter, there's still, there still needs to be more conversations out there than just people saying, yep, you're wrong, you're right. And it's, I think there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a culture war, isn't there? You only have to look at this all this stuff about Prince Harry and whatever. It's like Twitter, especially, is set up to be adversarial, but the world yeah. is quite adversarial. And I think we've inherited this from America. There's these yeah. two, there's like the liberal side and the conservative side, and they're just arguing all the time. And mm. it's like it gives me a headache. I have to check out of it sometimes. Mm. Now I just mute people. You only they come and I think you're not <laughs> yeah. you're not trying to le- you're not trying to learn. You're not trying to convince yeah. me. Yeah. I'm not trying to convince you. You just you just want to win. So I'm like, just you. You can have a win. You'll win. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care, man. You know, I don't, I don't mean I don't care about the world. I don't want to make the world a better place. But yeah. I'm saying you're not changing nobody's mind on no. on internet. No, Forget about not. it. You know, it's just you know what I mean. It's, we've got to find other other ways of reaching people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's 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 a lot of wasted energy because I've had arguments over Brexit with people on Twitter and mates and that kind of stuff, and it's just. <laughs> nothing positive has ever come out of having a spat with somebody online has it ever i don't think no no and i think like trying to like look around for people who are like preaching a bit of unity these days what brings people together yeah you know what i mean what things that we can all think yeah i mean you know what i mean i think you've got to try and find them things out because as much as i've got my beliefs in that it's done a lot of rowing before me over the years yeah. and it's not got you it's like cracking your head against the wall you know what i mean i think it don't make you feel good it's a waste of time it don't make it 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 makes you feel shit as well doesn't it you're just like so i quite like footy i know like obviously you can then argue about which footy team you spot but what i mean is you go to a football match and like it's meaningless mindless nothing really don't matter does it it's a game right it's a pig bag and you're all just sat there watching it and you might think one thing and I might think another thing, but for these 90 minutes, we're on the same team. Yeah. We're all into it. And I think like that's why I, I like things like that, because I think music's the same. Music's the same. You go to a gig, nobody's having a row at a gig, either. you're all there watching it, buzzing on music and that, feeling good together. And, and you know, I, as much as I've met political music, part of me thinks another job of a musician is just to bring people, it sounds a bit hippie and a bit woolly, but yeah. there's a thing like, just bring folk together, give them a good night out, yeah. let them get battered, mashed up, dance to tunes, jump up and down, get yourself off home, pucker. What, what so I've always, to be sometimes. What I've always liked about Revan and the Makers, and well, let me know if this is right, it's just an observation, is that you've, you've got your own like ecosystem. So you kind of like, it, 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 I, know, I know that I know you've got a team of people that you work with, but it kind of feels like you're, mm-hmm. you're, as you said yourself, like, you know, there's nobody taking you, there's nobody stopping you making music. Um, you know, well, you know, no. you, you're not, you're not like, uh, you can make an album when you're ready to make an album. It, it feels like a comfortable place to be because of the commitment that you've made to your career. Yeah. And also like, I've, you've got to think I've been through like a lot of like versions of myself. So one bit yeah. I was like, uh, Alex Turner's mate. Yeah. Then I was like, big new thing because I'd had an it. Then I was like, he's an idiot. Like yeah. guitar music is rubbish. You're out of fashion. Then I'm Corbyn's mate. <laughs> then I'm like gobshite off Twitter. So I've been all these different yeah. people, right, as I've been along. And I think there'll be some other thing. I'll be something else to somebody yeah. soon. You know what I mean? There'll be something else that, oh, you're that idiot, aren't you? You're that guy. I think what it's about is just plotting your way through it and trying to stay true to what you believe in. So there's things I do and things I'm about that I've always been about that I keep it. You've got to try and keep that, like, sense of your sense, which is dead hard. And obviously, yeah. more famous you get. I'm not that famous, but I get it for people who are right famous. It must be super hard to hold yeah. on to who you are because you become this other thing, don't you? And I've always tried to, like, you've got to just stay right humble, aren't you? But like, I, I got a match with, like, my two lads, yeah. my best mate, my brother and my cousin. Like, I went to my mum's for my Christmas dinner. Do you know what I mean? You've got to keep them yeah. simple things. All right, I, I can go to Africa for two months and do all that stuff. Yeah. But you've got to come back home, you've got to belong to somewhere and you've got to be about something. You know what I mean? Well, I can't, being self-sufficient is one of the biggest, like, uh, it must be the biggest achievement in a band to have the holy grail of being able to earn an income from music. 
And I, I see I see it a lot in when people are self-sufficient. I see uh, the powers that be. And this might be a little bit um, of a conspiracy theory, a little bit, but it feels like the powers that be don't like people being self-sufficient too much. I, I see it in America. No, no. Like, you know, and, and they try and cancel these people of that are self-sufficient and, and influential away from the mainstream news. Like, I don't know. Uh, Joe Rogan in America, where they tried to cancel him because he's got this big, massive audience. He tells things how he is. Yeah. Like this big personalized, like, like even like Jeremy Corbyn in politics, he were different. The, yeah. The, 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 the powers that be didn't like it. So they threw all the shit at him. So to give him no chance. So like when he, when he was popular, I, I, I just, I just, I just yeah. feel like there's, there's a, there's something, um, there's something that I'm trying to look for. Yeah. That, um, that, I no, I understand anything. what you mean. I mean, there's definitely certain doors that, definitely closed to me the moment I started talking about politics, right, and talking yeah. about things that were happening in the country at the time and, and Iraq war and one thing or another. Yeah. Certain doors definitely closed to me. And I guess you have a choice then to, to give up, which a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. A lot of my content, think of era I come out in, there's me just doing this, right, and then there's Arctic Monkeys and there's nobody else. They've all gone. Yeah. Maybe all of these other one, right? Yeah. But, like... It's just about when them doors are closed off to you, you think, well, number one, I've been true to myself and I've been honest. I've not played no games. I've been, so you can look yourself in the mirror, number one. Number two, they're not shut forever. Sometimes they they forget. People have forgot. Like, oh, I forgot you said that thing (laughs) I didn't like. You just released a nice song and it's on radio too. We were one of the most political bands in the country at one time and then I'm on radio too, which is, Total over end at Spectrum, isn't it? Yeah. So comfy and like <laughs> Jeremy Vines on. It's all like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I love that. I think you yeah. can, you can be both all things, and, and it's all right to be to be. It's all right to be older and make music that can be on radio too. And it's and and I mean politics, same as they always have been. Absolutely, I mean values, same, definitely. It's whether I'm am I better at putting them across? Do I shout at people so much? Not anymore. No, yeah. I'm calming down, and that's. This is going to be the most unsexy thing I've ever said. That's age. You see, I see yeah. in my own dad that sort of bullishness. Yeah, as older you get, it just you haven't got it. It's not in you to do it, yeah. and and that's me. I'm, I don't want to be shouting at nobody. No, I get you. And uh, <laughs> well, just staying on politics a little bit. When you know, just in just in the news this week, the Tories are trying to make it harder for people to uh, have their say, like the NHS, and it's, it's they're trying to make it harder for people to strike and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does it all end? You know, it, the, the China's—it's it, total hip- hypocrisy from the powers that be that are just forcing all the shit yeah. down us at the minute. It's just what my, what's my point? So, the, the, well, I think the, the point is that we, we've seen it, we've seen it before. Yeah, Them, me and you have seen it before. We grew up in eighties Sheffield, mm. so it, you, we've watched this movie before, haven't we? Strikes, industrial action, yeah. Tories. Do you remember being a kid? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This, but the the, hypocr- the hypocrisy of them saying they're doing it to look after us when there's people in the NHS that are selling, you know, there's not enough people to do it when everybody's working. It's it's just getting on I my mean, nerves a little bit. It's getting to me a bit this week, you know, with just how much the job. My dad's been a nurse for 55, for 55 years, my dad's yeah. been a nurse. He don't have to still be a nurse. He could just be retired. Yeah. 55 years in NHS, right? And um, he believes in it. He was part of a generation that, I guess, built it or at least their children, he deeply believes in it. Tories took his job off him in the 80s and made him reapply for his own job, retrain and reapply for his own job. They cut all, he's a, he's a psychiatric nurse, so a lot of the people they were looking at, they just made him homeless overnight. Yeah. They don't get paid enough. We, we've grown up in this tradition. This is this is the this, this trade union, NHS. This is my life, my mum. Yeah come through nursing, my brother's an occupational therapist. Mm. It's like I'm the only one in my family who's never done it, right? And we all stood outside, didn't we, clapping for them, mm. right? Oh, yeah, clap for nurses. Yeah. You're telling me we ain't got money to pay them no more money? All oh, money, what's in this country, what they've wasted on PPE and one thing and another, right? All these terrible backhanders they're all on, all this Russian money they've all been taking Tories. You're telling me there's no money yeah. to pay people who, like, wipe your arse when you're dying? To pay them more money, it's, it's honestly it's disgusting, man. If, if I'm honest, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Because you think it is, yeah. This is so obvious, so obvious, and they did. I don't know, mate. They just they got it. 
they got it all wrong. But I think the problem with uh, the Conservative Party is that they, they view everything as a math sum. Yeah. And not everything is a math sum. Let's say let's say you're dying now and, and you're an old fella and look, nurses are all taking care of you and you, you, the, the, you're looking after you, right? Like, you can't put a number on that. Yeah. It's not a numerical thing. It's it's like a, a soul thing. You should look after them people who yeah. look after us. It's just, it's just a moral... You know, and, and such as Reese Morgan claims to be a Christian. <laughs> you what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not Christianity. Not as I understand it, anyway. <laughs> well, if, if for the purpose of oh, balance, Tories, they, they did all right getting the vaccination out. I'll give them that, and then that's that for them, <laughs> I think. They did, no, listen, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're quite right here. And I yeah. think sometimes you, when, you, when you're on one side of the fence, you can yeah. be a bit biased, can't you? You can't have yeah. like any footy. United could, like, win Premier League. Sign Neymar, and I still got like crap. Got, I've just got me right? and I'm a bit Billy Sharp, uh, be him out here. Just uh, oh. <laughs> well, he's an example. He's he's a point. He's an example, right? He's captain at football team who yeah. are our biggest rivals. There's no doubt about fat lads. That he's a nice kid, yeah. and he's a good human, and he does things for charity. And he, I know he's a good person. I see it on internet and all them things. Same with politics, right? Sometimes they'll do something, and you'll be like. Like you're saying, that vaccination and all that, they, they smashed it. They did, yeah. did really well with it. So I think you have to sometimes like game one, don't you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, I wanted to talk about diver. About, I don't know. I just think you, you, I, I always feel like I learn something when I speak to you, mate. Because um, you, you know, you've, no, you, you, you've, you've always had your, um, you know, your opinions and been, um, you, you're well versed in politics and that kind of stuff. So I always feel like I learned something from because I'm, I'm not. That no, with that kind of stuff, but no, um, yeah, but that's that's can I just stop you to say it's yeah. all right. This is another thing, nobody says this anymore. It's all right not to know, yeah. So if you yeah. like somebody asks you a right hard question, you'd be like, yeah. I'd rather somebody went, I don't know, rather than go, Well, let me tell you how it is, I yeah. just talk shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. I think there's a bit of that this, this day and age, yeah, there is, there, there definitely is, and. Um, yeah, well, what, what I've got, I've got a, a question from one of a previous guest for you now, mate. Just while we were just, just, well, to, just to close this little uh, section off a little bit. It's from Clint Bone, okay. uh, and he's got a question for you, mate. So I'll just play his little question for you. Oh, let's, let's see what comes. What a legend! Um, I've asked him many times over the years, <laughs> or I've told him that I think he'd be a great prime minister. Ah. How do you feel now, John, about the possibility of running for prime minister? Because we need you more than fucking ever. Oh, <laughs> um, how do I feel about it? Do you know? I think I think the intrusion into your life if you did that would be would be for me. It would be very triggering for my mental health because because they'd be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You'd be raking because they're, they're merciless, right? And I, I don't know if I could take it. Being very honest, I don't know if I could take it. Um, it's lovely that Clint thinks that like. Uh, that Clint thinks I'm, I'm. Other thing is, I worry about the competence of it. Like, yeah. I won't, you know, about not knowing economically, for instance. I ain't got a clue. I can't <laughs> even add up. You know what I mean? And I think you don't want me. Like, obviously, you're not chancellor and all economic experts, and you'd have to make a judgment call and whatever. But like, I don't know. I don't think I'm qualified. Yeah. Um, equally, am I more qualified than Liz Truss and Boris Johnson? Absolutely, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, if they can do it, sure, I could have a crack, but. I don't know, mate. I wonder if I've been a divisive character in the past. So, you know, would I would I be able to carry people's confidence? So, I don't know. Clint, it's not a no. <laughs> <laughs> he, answered, he answered no. I'll get back to you next season, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the last time I saw you in real life, we were down in Illsborough dugouts with John Lines, mate, when you had a little press, oh, yeah. uh, press yeah, thing yeah, down yeah. there. And, and that, that's a nice, canny way of just getting all the press out of the way, mate. I was impressed with that. Nice little move. Well, I've just thought like uh, no other thing is I've thought to myself, if I were a journalist, how often do you actually get to go to a press conference? You see them all the yeah, time yeah, yeah. like, A bit self it's massively self important, but I thought if it's in Wednesday dugout and I'm being a bit daft with it, yeah. it's all right and it worked, we're fun. And I think like I've never done a press conference before because I'm nowhere near famous enough to do a press oh, conference. Okay. But at Tramlines weekend, obviously, because I'm local lad and that and whatever, I get a lot of Press come to me, don't yeah. they? Right, so I'm thinking, wait, well, there's a few of them. I'll have a conference. Like, I loved it. I loved. I, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm lead singer in a band. Anybody who 
It's in abundance. Says they don't like having like loads of attention on them. They're having the sense on. I loved it. When, when <laughs> you know I, I, mean? I, I didn't realise the Sheffield Star were there. I should. I'm, I'm just a bit daft. But when I asked you that question about uh, how do you feel like in a you know you know in a, a cost of living crisis that the, the Sheffield Star keeps banging on about your net worth and all that kind of stuff, and and I was sat next to Sheffield Star. I just thought, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> Do you know what, Paul? I, I genuinely, I didn't, when you said that, I thought, oh, my God, look, I didn't wait to look. I thought, well, this is great. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. So I thought, I'm going to go with diplomatic, like, yeah. well, oh, yeah, they do get some silly ideas, don't they? <laughs> but, I mean, listen, four million quid yeah. is, is, is uh, I mean, you know, we take, my mum takes it off. She loves it. Uh, <laughs> obviously, used to buy green as a kid. Yeah. Nice one. To be star still, even in my like, childhood, yeah. it's becoming star to me. Like it's a big, a big deal, right? But like, I'm thinking I've got four million quid. I wish I had, I wish I had four hundred grand. You know what I mean? <laughs> that I'd take that. The ten, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like what the, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But they were way off at mark, and I wish I'd be putting a bit in for Wednesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it just must be because because you, you are. There was a thing. Oh, I went. Yeah. I got go on, mate. Say again. Go on, mate. No, I, I was because you, you are a personality in Sheffield, and I, I suppose. Uh, it, do you ever feel like, oh, Sheffield are wheeling me out again every now and again? You know, like when there's something, like when there's an event in Sheffield, do you feel like you're a bit of a spokesperson for the same? Yeah, a, a bit. Yeah, but equally, I love it, and I think yeah. like a bit of civic pride's all right because a lot of them they, they bugger off, don't they? Yeah. And the leavers, and I think like staying here, obviously, all is all is here, and Phil Oak is still here, and. That I wanted to. I was talking to Martin Ware actually from Evan mm. Seventeen, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, sometimes I think I might move back to Sheffield, John." Yeah. So I've been into him to like move back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a relatively small pond, isn't it, Sheffield? Yeah. And, and I love it. I love it here. I think it's great. I mean, if it were up to me, I'd live in Rio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my missus wants to live in England, so I think if I'm going to live in England, I might as well live in Sheffield. Yeah. Why not? Why would I live anywhere else? Do you know what I mean? And I do, I do love it here. Uh, does it frustrate me? Yeah, it does. Are there things about it that I think are annoying? Yeah. yeah. But equally, it's it's, it's very good. It's all you need. I mean, you're not preaching to convert you. You're a Sheffield lad. But, like, we're not Manchester. We're not Liverpool. Yeah. We're not Bristol or London. We've got our own energy and our own quirks and things about us. And, and, and in a creative sense, I mean... We touched on this last time we spoke, didn't we? But bring me the horizon. They're in arenas. Yeah. Monkey's the biggest band going. Yeah. Ratings are about unsigned band about yeah. sell arena art. Self esteem's doing it. Yeah. Pulp have reformed the redlining art festivals. I'm having a like, you know, late career resurgence. It's like yeah. it's a, a mint place. Like, and even on that grassroots level, I was listening last night on radio, introducing, listening to Franz Vaughn, who, who I think is amazing. Um, you know, there were loads of great bands on that, and I think, like, it's on a creative level, it's a great place. Yes, yeah. warp films, of course, we're doing it, and it's not like what I think's helping is that we've not been like, you know, you could you go to some cities and they're so gentrified now, like, like where are people, where where are the people yeah. who made this city? Like, where have they gone? Mm. Like, you know, like in East End, they're all in Essex, so it's like just yeah. gone. And you see it happening in a few other cities now. That that ain't happening in Sheffield. Mm. You know that that rate of gentrification. It's a it's a trickle, and therefore there's a lot of available old industrial land. But you can have a studio. You can make yeah. fucking loads of noise and and crack on. And for whatever reason, you know they used to say there was something the something in water, but there is. It's, it, it is a thing here, and the it's def- not going away, is it? There definitely is one one thing that I always because I live in Manchester now. I've been here four years. I don't know where the time's gone, mate. Four years, but I'll definitely move back. Um, but what I do yeah. appreciate about Sheffield, when because I, I, I visit back most other weekends, what I do appreciate about mm-hmm. Sheffield, particularly coming from Manchester, is just how beautiful and green it is compared to <laughs> compared to Manchester, where it's just like road we've got uh, more trees than any other Western European yeah. city, yeah, and the highest proportion of alumni stay in the city after uni, right? Which yeah. me, I think, you know, if you, people are coming from around the world and if they come here around country, whatever, and they come and then they love it and they want to stay. says everything you need to know about a place, that, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's nice to think there's a there's a story after industrial decline, you know what I mean? I remember all my uncles losing the jobs in the 80s and it was, Laura always says to me, she's like, what were it like? I'm like, well, for instance, you wouldn't get no sushi, Laura, <laughs> right? I said, if you wanted a coffee, there were one coffee shop, yeah. Pollards, that were it. Like, <laughs> if you wanted a coffee, that's what, you, and you weren't getting like an Americano, you were getting yeah. like a cup of co- instant coffee, that were it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and, and Potman used not to be the job and all them things. 
Potman used to come round. Potman used to come round and that. Potman. All that stuff, right? And then <laughs> you, you you think like now nah, it's buzzing, chef, and creatively just turning it over. And I think it's a good. I'm very proud of it, mate. It's a, yeah. a great, a great place. I, I appreciate it more from looking at it from the outside a little bit from when I were in it it's easy to be cynical about where you lived and where you're growing up in it it's just easy and you can fall into a trap a little bit which I think mm-hmm. a lot of Sheffield people do and I, I, I did um, but looking looking at it from outside a little bit I love that place you know it's just you're like a spaceman you're like, yeah. like a spaceman yeah, see, gazing yeah. back at the earth aren't you like what a beautiful <laughs> place I've come from you know what I'm saying I like that that's going on be grave <laughs> well, yeah. uh, you, you can listen back to the uh, the press conferences on a previous episode of this podcast on number 48 if anybody's interested in listening to that and at the end of the press conference you, you announced that the, you know the week the, the, a few days after tramlines you were off to Africa to have this journey mate so just talk us through where do you start with that so I mean, I'll tell you the route. I went to Sheffield, London, London, Paris, Paris, Brussels, Brussels, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Berlin, Berlin, right down to Barca, on a boat to Tangier, wow. Tangier, Rabat, Marrakesh, get to Sahara. We can't go to Western Sahara because there's like a bit of a frozen civil conflict down there between these rebels called Polisario Front and Moroccan government. So we're thinking, where are we going to go now? Can't get into Algeria. Thinking, fuck's sake. So we fly over Sahara. We land on at the source of the Nile on Lake Victoria in Uganda. We go to this music festival called Negi Negi, which was bonkers, by the side of Nile. Mm. Everyone's like, off the note, it was like a <laughs> mental festival. Like, you won't believe it were in Uganda, right? Come all the way down now. We're coming through East Africa. We've gone to Nairobi. Coming past Kilimanjaro, see all elephants yeah. and animals, that all that, met Maasai, come down to a place called Bagamoyo. I'm hanging out with these Tanzanians, uh, musicians really famous in Tanzania called the Zawosi family. Then I've gone over to Zanzibar, had a bit of a vibe there, wicked place, come back to Dar es Salaam, and we're going to get this train now, this old train from the 70s, what Chinese built through Bush, up to Zambia. But day before I'm going, it derails. So I'm spared death, luckily. <laughs> Only way we can get there now, we've got a flight to Zimbabwe, Robert Mugabe Airport, <laughs> no, right. and then we've got to go to Lusaka. And, and mental, right? And finally, eventually, we get up, right up in north of Zambia near Congolese border at a place called Kitwe, yeah. which, you know, you go in record shop, you've always got a uh, most expensive box set behind counter on here, right? Zamrock. This is where this psychedelic rock scene were in the oh. 70s in Zambia. Sheffield's Twin City, they called it Zamrock, right? Yeah. So we ended up there and we got nicked on a final day shooting. I was going to ask, I've heard uh, you got nicked there, so t- tell us a bit about that. So I can't la- I can't say this where we are laughing, but <laughs> behind where we were filming, there's a slaggy, right? right? You know, when you've dug a pit out, all next to what you're digging out, there's a pile in there. So it's all, all little kids in Zambia, they all in uh, Kitwe, they're all going on this uh, on this slaggy, they call it Black Mountain, and they're like yeah. going through with their hands trying to get nuggets of copper. Right. And obviously this is like child labour, so they think we're here to do human rights expose, don't they? They think like Louis Theroux's yeah. turned up or something. Anyway, all we're doing is using it as a backdrop because it's synonymous with town. But next thing, all these kids come out with these like uh, um, metal bars, they're all like, Gain it some, and we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Next thing, all these coppers come with guns, chase these lads off who've got all these metal bars. Says, you can't film that. We're not having it. Get in the police car. Yeah. Take us down at cop shop, lock us up. So now they're looking for us phone, camera, out with this slaggy, black mountain, they call it. Yeah. Anything with this slaggy pon, you've got to delete it. So we delete it, but now we're flying from Lusaka in about six hours and we're right late. So we've had to like go on this mental drive all across Zambia to get us playing. So we're all a bit of a mental <laughs> end to trip. But I mean, listen, musically, blown my head off. I can't even begin to tell you. Just bonkers. So was it, because I know you did a lot of filming there for promotion for the album and that kind of stuff. Was it work-based or was it just a trip you just wanted to experience these amazing countries? Well, Part of it were collaborative, so there were artists out there all along that I've, yeah. I've worked with and, and done bits and bobs with that but first thing. And then second thing is my, my record label said, look, you can have a film, a bunch of videos, mm. um, 
but realistically, nobody watches videos. They just don't, right? Like a few people on internet, what is it? You know, it's just more mush, really. You can yeah. do your lyric videos, they'll listen to it like that, but realistically, they're not going to listen on Spotify or buy it. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, or radio, right? So I'm thinking, well, how, what else will I do? They went, go on your trip. And originally, my trip was meant to be Chengdu. Chengdu Blades, remember them, mm, right? I don't know. So I'm going to Chengdu, Sheffield's Twin City in China, but because of cheese COVID policy, because of Putin's yeah. war in Ukraine, that's just not happening. And we have about a week to spare. They're like, why don't you go somewhere else? So I'm now I'm thinking, fucking hell, where am I going to go? Like we had it all planned to go to China, talking to all Chinese people. We've got it all linked up. Yeah. Going to go through like Kazakhstan and all these places. Somebody says, go to Kitwe. That's that's one of Sheffield's twin cities. And on a whim, pretty much on a whim, we were like, right, they have to tram lines, we'll go. And off <laughs> we went. So we had a raid time, you know, and, and some of the footage we've captured, I'm just in process now of sort of looking at it and yeah. finding out what should we do with this? Let's cut it up and start using it a bit. But some of the music, you know, uh, there's all these, a lot of people think African music sounds like Paul Simon or something. And there's all these electronic genres that are dead modern, yeah. what don't owe any debt to anything that we've got over here. So there's things like Singali music in Tanzania and Chiriku. Uh, they've got this Kwon music, Kwaito down in South Africa. There's all these electronic things. This Negi Negi Festival, um, this is where all electronic music from all over Africa comes together in this one place. And it means horny, horny. Okay. In Swahili, negi negi, and government they don't like it because <laughs> they think it's like it's like a low key, like a bit of a queer festival, right? right. Like a, there's a bit of an LGBTQ thing, yeah. and obviously that's illegal in Uganda. So there's a bit of that energy. Yeah. Government don't like it, so it yeah. feels a bit edgy, and the music's just off its head, insanely good. Um, so yeah, we're like a. I feel like I were like a being educated. You understand what I mean? Like oh, I've gotten yeah. here to find out about stuff. Yeah. Uh, because um, I think often we think we're going to tell Africa what's what, don't we? Yeah. But I think we, a lot of things, it's other way around. They, they've got ideas about stuff that we haven't considered, especially musically. You know, so loved I, it, mate. It, Tanzania is the country. Tanzania. But, but I know historically before your other albums, you've been away, aren't you? Like, did was it before Mirrors? Was it Thailand? You went away and then over, over that Death of the King? I've recorded in other countries, yeah. Yeah. Mirrors, mirrors win Jamaica. Jamaica, and, uh, that's it. Okay. Death of a King were in Thailand. But yeah. before that, I've been in Africa a few times with Damon Albarn. He does that Africa Express uh, thing. So I went to Nigeria with Damon to Felakuti's shrine, right? Yeah. Which were just like unbelievable. I didn't quite appreciate what it were when I first went. And older I get, more I can't believe I went. Ethiopia, I went with Damon. Um, and obviously, you're learning all the time, right? But I think I'm at an age now where I'm like, hang about, I'm a big daddy in the centre, I can go somewhere. Yeah. And do a do a little thing on my own, and do you know what I mean? Because when you're young, you sort of sort of you don't mind being under Damon's wing, and you can watch what he's doing, and how does he go off when he goes to these places? But like, I'm not scared. I can go myself now. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's time I just went and had my own adventures. I so yeah, J- loved I it, man. J- I'm hoping to I, do more. I fancy Japan next. I'm going to go Japan. It's just, it's just, it just have looks, you been? No, it just looks crackers, and I just can't. I I just want to get out of this. Just being in England and Europe and just experience something completely different. That's that's what I fancy next. Tell you a right mad story about when I went to Japan, shall I? Uh, you like this? Go on, go on. So me and Laura goes a week before band, we're gonna do all this press, radio, bit of telly, all this. We're playing a Fezzi audio. Go do it all, go out with record label, everything's nice. After a few days, his manager at time flies out. Now this guy's managing Travis and all. He always managed Travis. So we go out, Harajuku, you know, where it's in that Gwen Stefani song, Harajuku. So we go to here, we're in this uh, sushi place where it's like Sanky Ground. We're all sat down, having a bit of food. There's like my manager and then like these two Japanese fellas, one young, one old, who were like summit to do it label, right. which was Sony at time in Japan. So we're all having this bit of food and that. Anyway, after dinner, we're bringing us all this mad food, whale and all sorts of weird shit. Anyway, had a rate, Nate, loved it, loved old food. We start talking about, like, um, what's your ambition? So Fran Ely from Travis has said something like a bit Miss Worldy, like, you know, world peace or something. I've said something similar, something stupid, right? My manager said, I'd like to fly a plane around the world. Gets to this old Japanese guy now. This guy's not spoke at all because he can't really speak a lot of English. He's not said a word, so I don't know who he is. Just this old Japanese dude. I think he's, he's called Ken. I think he <laughs> Ken sits, steps forward. He says, uh, what's your, what would you like to do, Ken? He said, to change things. Well, oh, fucking hell. Well, that's pretty. My manager says, you don't know Kenny's, do you, John? I says, name. 
He says, Ken invented the PlayStation. Oh, right. <laughs> me, me head nearly come up. I said, sure. He went, he invented the PlayStation and the graphic equaliser. Wow. You know, wow. Yeah, so yeah. open down yeah, in yeah. stereo. Call him Ken Kutaragi, this guy. He's like wow. cheap exec Sony. But he loves tunes. But yeah, yeah. so that would be Japan. Uh, that would be, I mean, listen, culturally, Japan feels so far away from any, all yeah. you've ever seen. It's, you, you'd love it, mate. That, that's why you'd I fancy it. it. Just, Spend just, a- just completely out of my comfort zone. Just, just. I don't know. I just, I just think I'm gonna, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna hate not to be able, be able to read signs when I get on that, when I get on a train. I'm not gonna have a clue what I'm doing, but I, I want that. I want to just, yeah, man, yeah. And Japanese people are great, right? They're, yeah. they're really cool people. Like go up into the countryside, up into Mount Fuji, and all that. Lovely name. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. What, did, what's the biggest thing that you felt you've learned from your African journey? I've learned that the music we hear is only a very 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 narrow portion of the music that's out there mm. and that in some way someone somewhere has narrowed things down too much and we need to mm. do that again so that i'm obviously there were a time when because of the influence of south asian immigrants and west indian immigrants british culture had that you get bands like the specials or you get punjabi mc or you get these Asian Dub Foundation, or you'd get like Soul to Soul. You know what I mean? You'd get these man. You don't get that as much anymore. And I'm not sure why that stopped happening. And, and in Africa, they're doing that still. They're all taking, they're all obsessed with Nigerian culture. So now they, these Afrobeats and stuff are happening in Nigeria have like yeah. become the thing in the rest of the continent. We're all ignorant to all this. We don't even know it's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think like you realize world stopping. World's not as enamoured with us as we think it is. You understand what I mean? Maybe 50, 30 years ago, they'd been all singing Beatles or whatever, but they've got their own thing going on these days. And it's interesting to go and find out what that is. How much of that do you soak up? Because, you know, Heatwave, big reggae vibe to that kind of tune and, and, a, and, a, and a different direction for... Um, well, it, feel, it feels like a different direction to where you've been going with your last few albums, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's not much of an African thing on, on new album. Maybe yeah. one tune, but I mean, in terms of E-Wave, that's me musically. It's me trying to listen to like my mum and dad's record collection, Barry White, Curtis Mayfield. Mm. It's more like that Philly soul kind of era. Uh, but then my thing is to like get more modern melodies. So my mate Dan, who I've been doing tunes with, he'll like um me a melody and then I'll do words. So we'll get musical, then he'll have a melody. Because yeah. what I've noticed is a lot of aging indie people I don't want to mention no names, but the male, aging male yeah. indie singers, of which there are many. You know, you'll hear I'm, I'm an, I'm an a, like, aging, oh, aging indie fan. <laughs> there you go, right? And I think, like, you know, when you the, the artists we grew up listening to, you listen to some of the music now and you'll be like, oh, don't do that melody. You do that thing on end of every line. Like, and you always put that word in your song. Why do you have to say that word every time? <laughs> Things like that. I've consciously tried to just not do that. You know what I mean? And, for whatever reason, it's just everybody's loved it. And then, then to get that sort of reaction on Radio 2 and Record of Week, yeah. blah, 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 all, you know, all DJs messaging, saying they love it, back on telly, all them I was going to say, I know, I saw you on Sunday, the other day, on Sunday brunch, that must be a nice little show. Just when I saw, oh, fucking John's on telly. Yeah, mate. A nice one. Yeah, it's, it's weird being getting a bit of telly, like, it's just a, it's just a, like, I guess that's part of what happens when you have a little hit on radio, right? People start yeah. bringing up again. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, up, I remember you. You know what I mean? What's it so, like? What's it like? Yeah, show? it would be nice to be on telly. What's it? What's it like to be? What's it like being? Are you? Are you watching the show from a distance, right? Or are you just in a in a room out of the way for a bit, and you come out to do your song? Did you like? Did no, you eat we're on his... most of the time. So obviously, I would. Yeah. Did you eat some of his food? Yeah. Did you have some of Rimmer's food and stuff? Oh, I had loads. Had loads of snap. Like, oh, yeah, I loved yeah. it. And uh, or on panel, weren't I talking? Oh, right, we were just okay. only playing, but they got yeah. me on as like a panel guest, and also. Yeah, we sat there all the way through and uh, forged an unlikely friendship with Joe Squash, uh, Joe Swash, which you wouldn't oh, expect, nice. would you? <laughs> Me and Joe Swash to be pals, but yeah, I loved him. And um, it's great, mate. And what's weird is, you know, like um, when there were a time when I thought it had all gone away. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did. I thought it had all gone. And to have it back, you sort of value it more. So, like, yeah. you're a bit calmer, you're a bit more reasonable. You might just take it in your stride a little bit more. You're not trying to say a million things at a million miles an hour. You just sort of. Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy it? it you know what I mean? Do you enjoy it more now than like the early days? I love it, man. 
I love it. I love it. And also, like, I did, I did a new a thing on telly over there for news, and uh, we talked about Wednesday winning. And like, I was talking about my kids, you know, and, and they hear me talking about them. And there's that side of it where mm. years ago it'd be like, man, I've been on telly. Whereas now I'm telling my lads, like, you know, daddy's on telly and a bit. Mm. And like, it's just great, all that. Like, it's, it's like magical because, like, they, they can't believe it. You know, so it's, yeah, I love it, mate. I'm very, very, very lucky, really, because, you know, there used to be that book in Sheffield and about music. It's not like a proper job. And it ain't, as much as I might, it might have yeah. its own stress, set of stresses, it's not like having a proper job at all. It's a right toss off, in it? Let's be right. So I love it. Well, that, that, that's why when I was talking to Clint, just to reminiscing a lot bit, it's, it, it, it's not like you're working out pit, is it, mate? No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. And, 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 you have to keep that in your head because, I mean, yeah. we had this fan before Christmas. She got in touch with Laura. She says, this is going to sound dead weird, but I've done your family tree all the way back to the 1700s. Laura's like, why? She's like, I just <laughs> find you really inspirational. I think you're cool. So yeah. sends Laura all these big charts. So Laura's a bit cheeky. She's like, fancy doing John's then and all. Yeah. So she did mine now. Because Laura's off like well-to-do stock, um, you can trace her family back to, like, Jesus Christ or something because they've all they're all they appear in census records right uh, okay. my family now like they go back like three generations yeah. tops but what's listed in this thing is all the all the uh, the jobs all the employment right. things and I, I like I know what these people did right odd 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 yeah. jobs right and I think to me saying fuck it I'm I've like broke some of here because my lad he, my lads they weren't have to do that yeah. I've like severed some in chain here yeah. you know what I mean and and it, and it feels good that it does it feels good because like we were saying before there weren't a great lot of opportunity in Sheffield in the 80s were they so yeah. to, to have been afforded this life I can't help but feel right lucky can I well, mate, I, I I can't wait. I I've got tickets already for the second for the Saturday gig in Sheffield. Can't wait for the tour, mate. I know. Well, you're the Wally buying tickets. I'd put you on guest list. <laughs> I know, mate. I, I I don't like to ask, and I've bought your album and all because I've you, you've just got to, haven't you? Bless uh, you. And so it's so the tour then it starts on the second of February. Um, you've and recently yep. announced that you know I saw on your socials recently that you've you know you've got loads more dates have sold out recently. So I'm going to put a link in the mm-hmm. description of this podcast for people to click on. To find a city near you where there's tickets left, uh, I know you know Manchester. I think Manchester, out. Liverpool, Manchester yeah. up north, Manchester, Liverpool, yeah. the big venues. Some, we've done two Sheffields this time, so yeah. there's a bit of that as well. Right, they both sold out third time. Manchester, there's some tickets left for Newcastle, I think, and Liverpool. They're the ones yeah. in the north, and then maybe Bristol, Cardiff, and I think there's an handful for Northampton. Rest are sold out, so. Yeah, can't so fault it, man. Is there going to be a, all the hits? Uh, I just want to look back at some of the songs to the history of the band. Um, you know, because I presume these are my favourites anyway. I just if you give us a couple of words on each of these songs, so we'll start with Heatwave Go in on. the Cold North. Go on. Heatwave first. Pure banger. Pure banger. <laughs> Black Widow, rate you. Yeah, dropped it from this set though. Have you? I think it's hard at ah. gig. Okay, mm, for the first time. Might come back though. Okay. Too tough to die. Yeah, you like they like them rockers. I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, there's a theme in there. They're, they're yeah. all they're all a bit like yeah. they've got a riff. Oh, with a riff, and I'm okay. Sold me. Yeah, uh, heavyweight champion of the world, obviously. I mean, I think I'd be be pounded out of town <laughs> if I didn't play that one. Open your window. Yeah, always, always. Yeah, always Steve Edwards on the on the samples. And what other one? And last one, I can remember uh, when you were supporting Oasis, walking back from the bar with about four beers, and just hearing Laura on the, or Laura on the, is it a cornet or trump, a trumpet, for silence is talking. Yeah. Uh, and that amazing. Uh, right? Every time I hear that, I just, it always takes me back to walking through Eaton Park, you know, just before Oasis and you guys being on and Laura yeah, on the trumpet. Good memories, just, man. Just that, just that. That always you know takes what? me back to that time. You know what's frustrating is I, I do it for all people sing all lyrics and all that and jump up and down. When Laura plays that riff, because yeah. everybody's doing it, and I just think, I always sometimes look at her playing it and I think, oh, I wish I could play that. Because like everyone's, sing, everybody, single human who yeah. is singing <laughs> that with, when you play it. It must must be quite a feeling that for her. I've never really asked her what that's like, but it must be a, a great buzz that for her. And it obviously closes a set. It's always a sort of last song, so people love it. They do. And it's great. I love it, man. And you know, to do that with with mm. your wife, um, it can be challenging sometimes. But I've, that's the other reason I'm blessed. I've done it all with like yeah. 
unless you climb a mountain and turn around and there's nobody there. It's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah. in, in a nice view, there's nobody there to share it with. Yeah. So that's what I've heard here uh, uh, throughout years, um, sharing it all with me. It's been a great vibe, really, because, you know what I mean? I'm a bit, a bit of a romantic me when I get to it. And sell the new album to us, then. What can we expect from the new album? With the camel on the front. We've done the camel story earlier, so... You, you can expect a modern, soulful, northern... If Frank Ocean made a record with Ian Brown, <laughs> you, you that's were, what you'd get. You, you were definitely stoned for your second single from it, weren't you? I was very... Yeah, the, the reason I released that is <laughs> because he, uh, Heatwave went on so long Yeah, into Christmas. We were like, well, we can't release another single because we'll, if we go on radio now, we'll never get on because it's like Michael Bublé and like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like Rod Stewart's Christmas hits or something. And we were thinking, wait, what should we do? So we were like, let's just not try and get on radio and just release a song that can't be on radio. And we're like, what have we got like that? Like, I know, I get high all the time. That should do it. And, and yeah, there you go. So it weren't, I think it was just a way of saying, look, there is new, some of the music coming, but for now, I just have this. It's almost like a B-side, yeah. you know what I mean? Like years ago, you'd have done a B-side. Yeah. But you don't really, no one has B-sides anymore, do they? But it's like a B-side. Like, just here's another mood that's not meant to be yeah. living in the cold north. It's just meant to be this, this other thing. And so... Um, this month, end of this month, there's a song called Problems, um, which is that's that's more like Heatwave. It's like a pop song, and it's a it's a single, and it's an earworm, and it it's my it's the best song on a record. Yeah. Let me say that it's great. I love Problems. It's just such a tune. It's great seeing Revan and the Makers thriving again, and you know you just enjoying it and, and cracking on and just just creating great music again, mate. You've got a knack for it. Yeah, mate. It's nice and. Um, I'm hoping people are going to take this next one in spirit. It's meant because I don't know how I would describe it to you. It's like a TLC. Imagine if like I sang a TLC song. <laughs> I know that sounds right. It sounds a bit like, ah, you what? <laughs> but like, imagine if I sang a, a TLC song. Yeah. That's what Problems is. And, it, and it's like, it's a banger. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And, and I have to be honest, like I'm a, me, I'm, a, I'm an artist, right? Like I'm chasing that perfect song all the time. Yeah. And and I've got so close on this album. I ain't got it. I want more, yeah. right? I want more. Um, but no I, such I, thing I've as got a perfect as close song as I've ever got to. There's no such thing as a perfect song, is there? No, I know, I know. But you know, like even that, <laughs> like even that, like possibility that it could exist yeah. is like, oh, I've got to find it. It's like El Dorado. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I've got yeah. to find it, right? And, and, and that's what keeps. I look at them. I look at like uh, Dylan, Paul Weller, to a degree. Debbie Harry, these people who like they're still doing it, still making music. They love it, and I think that's what they're after. And they'll they'll, they'll die not they'll die unsatisfied. And not, like, don't be wrong, they'll have had a great life. And they're like, yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm Bob Dylan for a life. But they'll, they'll, a little bit of them won't be sated because they, they just they're after that thing. I went to see Paul Simon on his last tour, yeah, and he got this tune. I don't know if you heard it, wristband. I, I'm not. I don't know. So Paul Simon had this tune before he like made his, on his last album. He had this tune, wristband or penultimate album, and it's on about not being able to get into his own gig because it's security guards being oh, right, okay. and asking him for wristband. Right, <laughs> me, I swear to God, it's sublime. This tune, like if you were eighteen and you released that, you want to think you were like next big thing, right? And I'm thinking this is a geezer who's eighty years old. He don't have to do it. Could just be you're Paul Simon. Yeah, you've been a legend eight hundred times over. You could just be sat there with feet up, all grandkids and that, and mean, he's, he's still like, I've got to, I've got to get it out. I've got, I've got to get it out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Love it. Wow. No, mate. Well, uh, again, you know, I always appreciate your time, mate. I know you're busy, John, um, and really appreciate your time joining us for another edition of the podcast, mate. Is there anything you just want to share with the Rev Army, just to get them all to, just like to for, for the people that haven't pressed the button yet? Give them a few words. Just like press to that say, button. And come see you all on tour, please. Yeah. Find the album and big up everyone, uh, RGM Magazine, uh, for all hard work you put into supporting grassroots music because you're the ones who make it happen. And, and when people get up there, it's because of lights. Like, oh, cheers, pal. Thanks for that, mate. Enjoy the tour and I'll right, see, we'll see you for a pint in Sheffield. See you, mate. Day. Cheers, pal. Told you. Got a lot of respect for that, boy. Thanks, John, for joining us for another episode of the RGM experience 
Within the description of this podcast, you will see a link that takes you to buy tickets for the new Revan and the Makers tour. That's starting very soon. And of course, you can pre-order the, the album as well. Why not? Treat yourself. And as always, there's new exciting content coming out on Patreon as well. The first place where you'll see new news of new guests, behind-the-scenes footage and uh, bonus content. And you do get the, the episode early as well. Uh, we're going to be building that up as we as we grow the Patreon thing too. And of course, join us on Twitter at RGMPod. Do have a look on rgm.press. This is the bit when I read stuff out and tell you to do stuff. This is the bit that you probably stopped uh, the podcast by now, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Well, thank you anyway. I just feel like I've got to do that kind of stuff. It's just what you do, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, join us on RGM for another week of music and entertainment. We really appreciate you joining us. If you're a new listener, because last, last week's show with the Virgin Marys, we've got loads of new listeners. If you've hung around for another week, thank you, guys. Stick around. You're very much part of the RGM family, the podcast group family. Uh, yeah, stick around, guys. Thanks for joining us again for another week. If you've been here from day one, God bless you. It's very much appreciated, guys. Thanks for another week. We've got a belter next week as well. Be the first to know on Patreon and on Twitter. Pop onto YouTube. Give us a subscribe on there as well. We've, we've got another 50, 50 subscribers in the last month or so. Uh, we're trying to get that to a 1,000. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, help us out. Yeah. It's time to go. Uh, thanks, guys. Really appreciate your time. My name's Carl Maloney. This has been another episode of the RGM Experience Podcast. And I'll see you next week. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week. Oh, fuck that right up.